Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm, I'm not going to keep you all too long. I don't have but five pages, so that's okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. But a lot of what I've got to say has already been preached. Hallelujah. The title of this word is Jose, Hosea 4, 6. That's the title of it. Hallelujah. If you're on the floor, feel free to stay. It'd probably be good if you did stay. That's a good place to be. Hosea 4, 6, the first part of that verse says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people. God's people. Not the world says God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The word destroyed means to be dumb. Not able to speak. Word destroyed means fail. My people fail. For lack of knowledge. It also means silent. My people are silent. For lack of knowledge. I thought that was interesting. My people are silent. For lack of knowledge. In other words. My people don't have a loud prophetic prophesying voice. For lack of knowledge. Knowledge. I looked up that word too. That's what teachers do. They look up words. Because they know that there's more to it than just what you read right there. Knowledge. Means instruction. Advice. Answer. But it also means acquaintance. It also means to acknowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowing me. That's what God's saying. My people fail to have a loud, prophesying, declaring voice because they don't know me. 
they don't know me. The Bible tells us that the people that know their God shall do exploits. That's, that's not a natural thing. That is a supernatural thing. The people that know their God shall do exploits. We was up here praying last night. And I was laying over here on the floor. I'd been walking back and forth. We'd just been worshiping God. And it's like I felt to just lay down over there. So, and as soon as I laid down over there, it's what I heard. I'll tell you what I heard. I wrote it down. He said, my people don't know me. They know about me, but they don't know me. He said, they know my word, says the anointing breaks the yoke. But they don't know me to the degree that their yoke is broken. We know what the word says, but we do we know him to the degree that it actually works? Do we know him that when we when we pray that what he says is actually going to come to pass? Do we know him? He said, Judas was in my presence for three and a half years. And he did not know me. Judas was in the presence of God three and a half years. In the presence of Jesus, he walked with him. Saw miracles at his hand, but he did not know Jesus. He didn't let his life go enough to know Jesus. He didn't know him. Psalms 51 verse 6. Let me get there before I do. Psalms 51 verse 6. There it is. It says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. See, we got to get real with God to know him. We got to get to the place to say, say, God, I don't know you. I don't know you to this degree. I don't know you as my healer. I don't know you as my provider. I know what your word says. We got to get to the place to where we're willing to admit, I don't know him. It's real easy to put on that face. I know you. I know God. Hallelujah. Glory. I praise your name. Obstacle comes up. We fall apart. We don't know him. God told me one time. And I've said this a lot, and you're probably going to hear it a lot more. He said, our perception 
of God determines how far we will go with God. How we perceive God to be determines how far I am willing to step out and trust him and go with him. See, my perception of God determines whether I will trust him or not. My perception of this platform says I can walk on it because I perceive that it's going to hold me up. Y'all know why I know that it'll hold me up? I've been under it. I've been places under here that y'all haven't seen. I helped build it. I know what it's got in it. I know it's got boards that it's just not a long span across here. I know it's got supports under here that's going to support me. I know it. That's why I can get up here and jump up and down. That's why I don't mind calling the whole congregation to get on the platform. I know it ain't going anywhere. That's the way it is with God. Our perception of him determines what we will do for him and how far we will go with him. But see, we got to get real with him. You know, and sometimes getting real is ugly. Getting real is ugly. You got to admit, hey, I don't know this, God. I don't know. But you know, God is not afraid of ugly. He's not afraid of it. It doesn't scare him. It does not scare him to, for me to admit, I don't know you. It doesn't scare him. It says that he desires truth in the inward parts. Hallelujah. John 14, 6. I don't know if y'all know it or not, but I've, I've been kind of liking this scripture a whole lot here lately. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. If we really grab a hold of that scripture, that one, one scripture right there, we could live by it. If I really believed Jesus was the way, and I really believed that his way is the truth, and I really believed that his way would bring life into that situation, that's really all I have to have right there. Because if I know that, see, when we know that Jesus is the way and not a way, he becomes our first choice. Not just our first choice, he becomes our only choice. When I understand, really, and I'm preaching to myself, okay? Y'all know I haven't arrived. But when I really know that Jesus is the way, I don't have a backup plan. My first thought 
is, okay, Jesus, what do you want to do in this situation? It's not what can I do in this situation and when it don't work. Okay, Jesus, what do we do now? Hallelujah. Been there. Try other solutions first. And then, okay, God, I messed up. I made it worse. What do we do about it now? That's because I didn't really know him or he'd have been my first choice. And then we come to the truth. Just a little heads up. God's truth does not always line up with the facts. God's truth does not line up with the facts. Jesus told that man that his daughter wasn't dead. Everybody else was saying, yes, she is, and they even laughed at him. Jesus said, no, she's not dead. The truth overrode the facts when Jesus walked in. That's the key when Jesus walked in. See, when God speaks the truth to us, we have a choice. And I've, I'm done, I've done everything that I'm teaching. We have a choice. What we have a choice of is we compare what God said with my logic. I compare what God said to what I already know. And I weigh the two. See which one I'm going to trust. Let's just get real. I think we've all done that. But when God speaks the truth to it, we have to embrace that truth as the way. We don't have a backup plan. The truth is the way. And then there is no life without Jesus being the head. There is no life without Jesus. We live and breathe and all of that, but there is actually no life without Jesus. And the thing is, Jesus leads. He doesn't follow. Jesus leads. He doesn't follow. Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word, which is Jesus, is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. So we don't walk blindly. Jesus walks in front of us. He leads us. John 18, 12. Sage, I'm glad you're here today because I'd already seen this so come on back up here with me I'll show y'all some James 18 12 said Jesus says I am the light of the world and he that follows me 
shall not walk in darkness, but shall the light of life. Okay, I'm going to get behind you. We're going we're gonna to go that way. That way. See, this is, she's going to represent Jesus. Every time she takes a step, I take a step. She steps, I step. Because she is lighting my path. If she steps over there, exactly, I step over there. She takes a short, a long step, I take a long step. That's what it means when it says that Jesus lights our path. You make a good Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can. That's what it means. We allow Jesus, and until he moves, we don't move. That's a hard place right there. If Jesus doesn't move, we don't move either. We don't move. Proverbs 29, 18. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no sight, the people perish. We can't see in the dark. God didn't create us to see in the dark. He created us to see in the light. But vision also means dream. Where there is no vision, where there is no dream, the people perish. In Habakkuk 2, it says to write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he that reads it may run with it. The word tables means something that's clear, I mean shining. It's a polished stone. I thought that was interesting. He said, write it on a polished stone. That's the way it gets your attention. That's the way you see it. He didn't just write it on any old stone. He wrote it on a polished stone. So write the dream. Write the revelation. Write the prophecy. So my question is, what is your vision? What is your vision? Second question, do you have a vision? Maybe that should be the first question. Do you have a vision? Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, people perish. A vision gives you purpose. A vision gives you something to get up for. A vision gives you something to go after. What is your vision? What is your vision? If you don't have a vision, that's okay. That's a good place to start. But ask God, what 
is my vision? What do you want my vision to be? See, a vision will lead you into a higher ground. It will lead you into a higher place. That's what a vision will do. And when a vision leads you up into a higher realm, you have an advantage over the enemy. I learned that the hard way. Years ago, years ago, a guy invited me to go play paintball with him. Paintball shooting, gun. Just the two of us. Patch of woods. He went off one way, and I went the other one. And then we going to come together. We're hunting each other. I seen him down through there, through the woods. He was up on a hill. It wasn't a big hill. It was about, probably, it wasn't as high as that door there. I mean, that wall, probably about halfway. He was on top of that hill. I, I you know, I glimpsed the movement, so I'm sneaking up on him. But I got to go up the hill. He's got the advantage. I'm down like this trying to get up that hill. And he can see me. I had on a cap. Y'all ever been shot with a paintball gun? They hurt. They sting. Anyway, I had on my cap. You know the caps have that little round knot right in the middle of it? I'm sneaking up, trying to ease up this hill on him. That paintball hit, hit that cap right on top of that little knot. I had a bruise on top of my head for days. When that happened, it's like, whoop, it's over. I'm done. Exactly. It's like, you won. You won. It's over with. There is an advantage when God raises us up. The Holy Spirit actually, t it actually tells us that the spirit of wisdom sits in high places. Read Proverbs 8, second, second verse. So what is your vision? When we have a vision, it stirs something in us to pursue it. That's what a vision does. What is your vision? What do you want God to do with you? What do you want him to use you for? If you don't have a vision or if you have one and you want it jump-started. I'm going to invite y'all to come. Just pray that God give you a vision. Pastor Dan and I, we got a vision. We got one. We've always got one in the workings. Part of our vision deals with the young people. We don't know what God's going to do yet, but we're putting that before God because we got we got a bunch of young people that only come on Wednesday night, and I'm not happy. You know why, why I'm not happy? 
because those kids don't really even know who Jesus is. I'm talking about teenagers. I'm talking about boys that are this big. My vision, and I don't know how it's going to happen yet, but our vision is to get them an encounter with the Holy Ghost. That's what I want, Miss Sue. I want the Holy Ghost on them. I want them to have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. So that's what we're putting before God. That. So what is your vision? What are you putting before God? If you don't have one, then I'll pray for you. That God give you one. A vision will drive you. Y'all like KFC chicken? It used to be a lot better than it is right now, I'll just say. I love me some crunchy KFC chicken. You know he tried. He failed. I looked it up last night or this morning. He failed 1,009 times trying to get his chicken to sell. 1,009 times trying to get his chicken to sell. And he was 65 years old. <laughs> 65 years old. He had a vision. He wanted his chicken to be sold. He, he knew he had a good product. And he wanted it out there. 65 years old, said he had done retired and drawing Social Security. A hundred, I mean, a thousand and nine failures before he got his franchise. But he had a vision. And he never quit. He did not quit. You want a vision? I'm not saying a vision is going to be easy. A vision is going to take some prayer. A vision is going to take some prayer. It's going to take laying on your face before God, hearing a word from God, hearing a word from the way, tr trusting that way, way, and then trusting God to bring life into it. No matter what it looks like to start with, a thousand and nine failures, I don't know. I just don't know. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for the visions that are being birthed today, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you have a higher plan for us. Thank you, Jesus, for the visions that you are restoring. Lord, we just ask that you right now just begin to rebirth some of them to bring them back for your glory your honor and your praise Lord we thank you for letting your presence show up here today God Lord we thank you that we didn't meet in vain that you showed up and Lord we just thank you for your blood 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.